Welcome to Apply the Word, a podcast of Redeemer Church. I am your host, Joey Phillips. I'm joined today by Jacob Phillips, who gave the message on Sunday that we will be discussing, and our pastor, Benny Phillips, uh, who usually preaches, but um, we're not talking about any of his messages today. (laughs) It's going to be a fun one, Um, so let's go. All right, so it's been a couple weeks, but we are back, and we're discussing a message that uh, Jake gave from Ecclesiastes 6.10. We've been in Ecclesiastes for a while now, but before we get to that, um, we have a topic that I want to discuss, which is that President Trump's about to be impeached. So, (laughs) 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 Um, the New York Daily News uh, headline, Ukraine in the Membrane, was (laughs) outstanding, and uh, I think that alone should get him impeached. So, just kidding, we're not going to talk about that. If you, if you want to know our thoughts about that, just uh, shoot us a message on Facebook. We would be delighted to tell you what we think. Um, no, but today we're going to talk about uh, Jake's message, Ecclesiastes 610. Jake, why don't you give us like a two-minute summary of the message? Yeah, absolutely. So Ecclesiastes 610 is, uh, says whatever exists has already been named and what humanity is has been known. Uh, the, the message was covered from Ecclesiastes 5.8, though, through... Uh, Ecclesiastes 8, jumping around a little bit, and was focusing on the concept of justice in the book of Ecclesiastes. And so the premise was kind of to um, examine why in Ecclesiastes 8, which is one of the sections, and you guys have touched on on this throughout Ecclesiastes, there's, there's several parts where in the everything is meaningless sections where <clears throat> the preacher talks about, uh, about a how the world is perpetually in a state of injustice right. and and the theme of the wicked receiving what ought to be uh, the due given the righteous and vice versa, the righteous receiving what the wicked deserve, which is at its core uh, the fundamentally what injustice is, what a lack right. of justice yeah, is. Yeah. <clears throat> One of those sections was in Ecclesiastes 8, and then the preacher gives what he says should be our response which is uh, to eat and drink and be merry and be content. Right. And, uh, and so the premise is that, well, that's not really what we would expect right. from the preacher. I think I said in the message, I, I think of him as more of a rage against the machine type. <laughs> uh, so then why is his response, uh, or why is his, what he says our response should be to, you know, the world is, everything is meaningless. Uh, the wicked get what the righteous deserve. Let me tell you about all this grave evil under the sun. Yeah, anyway, so eat and drink and be merry and be content. <laughs> and, right. uh, and so the message was, was exploring why. Why, why, th- why should that be our response? And so uh, I believe the answer is found in Ecclesiastes 6.10. And, you know, the two reasons being uh, what I termed justice delayed and justice fulfilled. And the first one being, you know, whatever... <clears throat> What humanity is has already been known. Uh, we don't rage against the machine because we are the machine, and the injustice is found in us, and that should give us a certain level of humility. Uh, and then the second one being justice fulfilled, which is also <laughs> concerns what humanity is, 
has been known, and I think also uh, in New Testament reality refers to the man, Christ Jesus, and his righteousness being attributable to us. The other, reasons, the other reason why we don't need to rage against the machine is because the machine has already been beaten. Um, and so that's kind of in a, a very, very brief recap. Yeah, so and for somebody who's listening who's never thought about this verse before, the what humanity is has already been known. If you think about it, is that's not like very straightforward upon first listen. So how would you describe what that actually means? When he says what humanity is has already been known, what does that mean? I think what he's referring to is so Ecclesiastes 6.10 is also uh, uh, follows uh, a section. I don't have Ecclesiastes 6, the beginning of Ecclesiastes 6 right in front of me. Uh, well, that, yeah, the, yeah he's, he's dealing with the whole issue of possessions and wealth and <clears throat> why do some people have it and others don't, particularly why do the wicked have it and the righteous right, right, right. don't. And, inequality, but, injustice, and oppression. But also recognizing that, you know what, even when the righteous have it, they don't know what to do with it. And so it's, you know, there's that sense of how do we think even about possessions? So that, right. that's it, what he's dealing with. So it's on a, top of the idea of we, everything that humanity's done, they just keep doing over and over again. There's right. nothing new under the sun is something he said in chapter three, but it still applies here of we know what humanity is. Right. Like, exactly. The, it's vain. It right. is. Man's appetite is never right. satisfied, right. he says. I mean, it's that. Right. Yeah. That That's exactly what it is. And so Ecclesiastes 6 is in a similar section about injustice. And for that, there's nothing new under the sun. Right. Um, and. And it's a sort of a poetic way of capturing that idea. We know what humanity is. We've known what it is since Adam, you know. And we've known what it is to the point that Dennis Green could say they were who we thought they were. <laughs> right. right? It's that, that's actually the idea of this verse. Right. Right. Humanity is who we thought humanity is. Right. We know who we are. Right. And, it's, and this is the key. It's not good. Right. Right. No, no, no. That's exactly right. And so that, that I think, is certainly what the preacher meant. Um, and is 100% correct. I think, you know, what I, what I talked about in the second point about justice fulfilled and what the preacher probably, uh, well, certainly didn't know, um, but God did, <laughs> is that that phrase, what humanity is, has been known, is also our only hope, right? Right, and that, right, right. That right. God know, knew what humanity was from before the dawn of time, from the deeper magic, I called it. Um, because, you called it. You came up with that? Yeah, I came up with that. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I invented it. I'm very proud of it. Uh, he knew at that time that his son would become a man. You right. Know, and we would know what humanity is by looking at the fulfillment of humanity, the man Christ Jesus. Right. So, and I think one of the things, one of my favorite parts of the message was how you, when you, in the intro, you sort of made fun of the... Uh, finding Jesus in every right. uh, page of scripture thing. Right. Um, and and you you did it, you know, effectively, but <laughs> then but the best part was then you got to the end, you're like, but I'm about to do that right now. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> well, that was, that, that was the it For a little while, but uh, okay, now I'm going to do that very thing. <laughs> well, well, the point being that all of these, you know, Jesus is the greater Luke Skywalker type stuff. <laughs> 
ultimately derives from what is true, which is that Jesus actually is the greater right. Adam. Right. And right. so we cheapen that when we talk about, you know, Jesus being, you know, saying hello from the other side and Adele being our great <laughs> prophetic voice of our generation and finding these parables. Right. But it cheapens what is actually an unbelievably uh chills inducing idea right. which is that jesus legitimately is the greater adam right yeah i was just gonna say and that everything in scripture really does point to or gets itself involved in telling the story of redemption and what he has done right, right. and, and that's what and he did in in the message you did a good job of saying that the story of scripture is about Jesus, right. and it culminates in the cross, right. and that's all absolutely true. But what you don't have to do is then go to each page and be like, "See this line right here by this person," and then draw these hilarious conclusions right. that, that that's going yeah, on. I but should... then, but then in this verse, there there are elements, and you see it every now and then um, in the Old Testament where it's clear who the the human writer didn't know fully right. what they were saying, right? right. And this was an example of that when you talk about you can't contend with someone stronger than you. Um, humanity can't contend with the stronger. Like he, The preacher didn't know fully what he was right, saying. And right, it right. is really cool to consider the fact that that's there. And what we can read into that is uh, so fun to consider. Like it means something to us that it couldn't have meant to them. Yeah. Um, and it's beautiful. And know that God was intending for these things to be revealed at the right time. Right when they were fulfilled in the person of right. Jesus. Well, and he had to have thought that Joe's referring to the second half of the verse, which is who can, but no one can contend with he who is stronger. I mean, he had to have thought he was talking about Yahweh. Right. You know, right. Yeah, he yeah, couldn't yeah. have known that in reality, what humanity couldn't contend with would be a human. Right. <laughs> right. right. God, so. right. so we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back and I've got a, a question. I'm going to challenge Jake on something that he said in the message and we'll see if he's uh, up to the task to answer it <laughs> properly. All right. We'll be back in a second. So Redeemer Church has had an incredible opportunity to be involved in a safe house for sex trafficked women. Um, and my mother, whose name is Shri, is here to talk a little bit about that. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to talk about this. I am stoked about this. We are partnering with a couple of other churches in the area at Letitia's house here in Orlando. And we got our first resident walk through the doors about a month ago, Joey. It's and I got to be there to say welcome home uh, to, we call her L, that's her, her first initial. And to see the look on her face when she walked into that house. Uh, was just, it was, I can't explain what I felt in that moment. It's amazing. Amazing. So Letitia's house is a place where women who have been, uh, hum humans, who it's, it's, it's a form of human slavery in our culture today, can come and not only receive counseling and art therapy, they can receive GED or other education milestone training. Uh, volunteers who are teaching, Elle, for example, how to cook. They do uh, flower arranging with her. They do Bible study where she's able to understand how God can give her hope and healing so that she can walk into a future that's not only absent of abuse, but that, that can, she can become free from the shame right. that has captivated and held her. Uh, through her human trafficking experience. 
if someone's listening to this and they they love what they're hearing and they want to be involved, what are some ways that they can be involved? How can they donate? Is there a way that they could uh, help serve at the house? Oh, absolutely. Letitia's house is over 90% volunteer-based. So the success of this amazing ministry is dependent on people in the community saying, what can I do? Can I help in practical ways? We need people who will come in and fix a faucet or help with lawn care, but we also need people who will come in and have a, a movie night on Friday night, bring their, cu- their their family or come as a couple or as an individual and just um, sit with our residents and have pizza and watch a movie together or people who might be interested in doing a cooking class or, or teaching uh, the ladies how to paint on canvas or just honestly, when I, when I talked to Elle recently and I asked her, okay, what, what's the most meaningful aspect? I didn't know what she would say. And she said, honestly, Cherie, what's most meaningful for me, that people care enough about me that they want to come over and hang out with me. Hmm. So we're looking for volunteers who can help in any number of ways. If you have a passion or a gift or a strength and you think, I wonder if Letitia's house could could use my volunteer hours, please call us or contact us at um, letitiashouse.com and let us know what you'd like to do. And, and let's see if we can make it work that you can make an impact on these ladies. That's great. What an incredible opportunity. All right. So, in the course of the message, actually one of the main uh, one of the main things that you referred to and built the message around was this quote by Terence of something or other, um, an old Roman dude. We don't even know if he's Roman, but um, who had this quote that basically I I forget the first half. You can maybe read the whole thing, but the second half says nothing human is alien to me, and. So the first point, just when you were talking about justice delayed, you were you brought in this idea that uh, we're not raging against the machine because we are the machine. Injustice is not something out there we're fighting against. It's us. Right. Uh, we oppress. We do these things. We are vain. We cause these problems. It's humanity, and humanity, anything human is 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 not alien to me. That's the quote. Um, so as I was sitting there listening, in the course of the message. Um, it was by the time you got to the end, it was very powerful, and I agreed with you and everything like that. But it's, it's, I don't think I probably was the only one sitting there thinking, nothing human is alien right. to me. That's, I mean, the day before that message, we were at a gala for Letitia's house, which is an organization that fights sex trafficking. Right. And we're there trying to raise money to rescue women from this we are trying to rescue them and there are people out there trying to traffic them right like nothing humans alien to me those what those guys are doing is i'm wrapped up in that no i'm fighting that so how can we really say nothing human is alien to me i don't do some things that some humans do that's horrible and so when you say nothing human is alien to me, how does that not make me think, well, then what am I doing? Like, if I'm just as bad as those guys, I'm just pretending not to be, then what's it all about? 
Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think uh, you hear people ask that question even about, you know, Paul saying, I am the chief of sinners. The chief? The chief of sinners? <laughs> Paul? Uh, I can think of worse people than the Apostle Paul. Um, but, but it's an excellent question. I mean, so one of, the, one of the key pieces of the message was a passage from a piece that was written by Kevin Williamson. You're, you're talking about Letitia's house, and his example that he gave was something very similar, which was Jeffrey Epstein, right? Which mm-hmm. was uh, a, a, perpetrator, a perpetrator of similar crimes. Right. Um, that's, what we were, that's what we were fighting against. And he, and he asks the same challenging question of, you know, do we, have, do we have the ability to say that Jeffrey Epstein is not alien to us? Mm. I think that the answer to the question is, of course, can't be met literally, right? And so in the sense that I haven't actually ever murdered someone. And so I could sit back and say murder is alien to me in, in sort of a literal sense. The question is, I think that what we have to ask ourselves is what is the human condition and what are we being saved from? And so I think there, there's, a, there's a quote by the... <laughs> there is a, uh, there, For those of you who aren't seeing what's going on, because this is a podcast, that was Jake knocking over his the, microphone for no reason. Yeah, I am very angry. Anyway. Um, anger is not alien to me. <laughs> Uh, there's a quote that Williamson uses uh, from Father Gerard Manley Hopkins where he says, I am all at once what Christ is since he is what I am, or since he was what I am. The idea here is that, is speaking of humanity holistically, uh, that nothing human is alien to me. And so the human condition, the temptation, there, uh, what, what's the verse? Uh, there's no temptation or... Not common to man. Not common to man. Um, that's the concept, is that the temptation to evil, engaging in evil, uh, the acts that we have done um, is not alien to us. And so the, the, the passage of scripture from King David, or from King David, when he was talking about when Nathan came and gave the parable, you know, presumably King David had never actually done what was happening in the story from a literal sense and that he had never had a rich man come in and, and then taken the little lamb. It was a parable, right? That was right. comparing something that he had done, which of course was far worse. Right. But Nathan responding and saying, thou art the man. In other words, that, that sin that is being committed there, the evil that is being committed there, that's you. You are the man. And so the question is, do we have the way that Williamson put it at, put it at the end of his piece, which I think is such a, just a phenomenal quote is, he says, Nietzsche did not have it quite right. When you look into the abyss, it is not the abyss that looks into you. It is your own face, my own face there, staring back from the shadows, awful and depraved, but also fearfully and wonderfully made. Nietzsche and his swaggering epigons were right to hate and fear the moral edifice built upon the foundation of that truth. It is radically at odds with what they love and most esteem. I am human, and I believe nothing human is alien to me, not even Jeffrey Epstein or R. Kelly. Thou art the man. Now you could probably explain the Nietzsche abyss stuff better than I could, as far as what it, what he meant by Nietzsche and his swaggering epigons were right to hate and fear that because it's radically at odds with their own view. But that's the idea, right? Jesus descended into hell, and what did he find there? Only us. Do we have the courage to say the same thing? Yeah, and I think so. As as the message went on, what struck me was the my 
unwillingness to to identify with certain uh sins certain segments of humanity right if i take that to its logical conclusion that's only a problem for me right because if nothing human is not alien to me that if i'm not adam's offspring right am i christ's right and so if i am not willing if i deny my depravity in doing so i'm also denying my ability to be saved right and so that's when nothing human is alien to me nothing human is alien to christ and that that is the key and so i've got to wrestle with and and once you do like once you actually wrestle with it i was, I was thinking about one of the things that uh, i was convicted by this particular week i joked about the ukraine thing earlier <laughs> like my attitude towards people that i disagree disagree with in regards to things like Donald Trump. Like, if you catch me at a certain moment, I'm very willing to speak of my fellow Christian human beings who disagree with me about something political in a way that is, pass me the pitchfork and (laughs) the torch and let's go. Like, I've been so tempted to when I see things, be like, no, you, you deserve. Are are you racist or are you stupid? Right. Like, and then just this attitude comes out of me that it couldn't possibly be that they have like any legitimate reason for believing what they believe. No, no, no. You have to be either racist. You have to be stupid, and therefore let me go after you. Not just uh, be sad about it. That's not my reaction. Right. Even if they are racist or stupid, my reaction then is not, oh, man, I feel so bad for you. It's, no, let me come after you with my torch and pitchfork. And that reminded me of the Williamson piece where it's like there's this human thing that is in me where somebody does something that is horrible in my eyes. Right. Well, my reaction is my eyes light up. Right. Oh, I can go after you. I can let's, – let's hang you. Right. Like that is in me. There's – Lynchings happened with right. normal people like me. Mm-hmm. There, there is something, and if you deny that, you're denying that you're human. Right. And no one wants to admit that, but that is in me. That, And whether or not I actually participate in those things or not, that's what I've been saved from. Right. And it's important tied into that and to not dispute and not disputing that it is important to realize though that the recognition that nothing human is alien to us is also the reason to fight for justice here's what i mean by that the reason why there's uh say church discipline or excommunication right is because of the the church is one body and so where there is a uh I can't think of a metaphor for it, but when there is something that needs to be excised right. from a body, yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to cast it out of the body. Ironically, Williamson in his piece talks about the reason why he opposes capital punishment is for this reason that you were saying he went to a he went to an execution and the just the people who were there in support of the execution, their eyes lighting up and you know. Right. Ironically yeah, yeah, yeah. though, this is the very reason if you support capital punishment, it should be for this reason. That it should be an excising from humanity of something that deserves right. death. Like, right. you, yes, you yes, see yes. what I mean? Right. Yep. And so there is, I think it is important to realize that if we, if, if there wasn't a shared humanity, if there wasn't a commonality within the church, 
or within humanity, there would be also be no reason to care about injustice, right? True. If yep. your fellow man is, well, why do we care about the suffering and the injustice done to someone that we don't know anything about? Because of our shared humanity. Because nothing human is <laughs> alien right. to us. Dr. King, uh, a threat to ju justice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. That quote does not make sense unless there's an understanding that we share a common bond simply because we are image bearers. Right. And so while I 100% agree with what you're saying, it all it's also important to realize that if you accept for a second that there is something ugly uh, in the church responding to, uh, to certain comments that are made by politicians, mm -hmm. by defending them, by supporting them, by... Uh, saying that they are good, uh, there is an importance in casting that out and rejecting right. that and saying, no, that's not us for the very reason that nothing human is alien right. to us. So, so it works both ways. Right. And the the ability to do that without my eyes shining right. with self-righteousness right. as I say, get out of here, you racist. You know, it's... Right. it's there's a there's a way to do that without it being something that's just revealing I'm the same as them in my right. heart. There's a way to do it uh, properly and and in love rather than in self righteousness. Well, and Jesus's execution of justice was always done with a broken heart. Yeah, right. There was no sense of you know <clears throat> I've got to make this right. You know, that justice has to prevail because justice is the most important thing. No, this was, for him, this was a relational issue. Hmm. And what happens to us is when we get on these, 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 these polar opposite sides of things, we lose that relational mm -hmm. connection with others. Right. So we fight and we argue. It happens in marriages. It happens in friendships. We end up fighting and arguing over different perspectives and the way we view things. And we miss the point that, that what's more important is the relational connection that we have. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that the yes, if you're for, you know, uh, justice in the sense that, that capital punishment is something that you believe in, Again, it's done with that sense of, you know, a, a, a broken heart. You don't, right. you don't say, yeah, I want to go sit in there and watch this guy be fried. No, you don't want to be anywhere near that place when that right. happens. There, the, because there is that sense that, that no, this, this is being carried out. This justice is being done, you know, because it's, it's important that it be done. But it, it is... It breaks your heart right. that it has to be done, you know, yep. and that and that's and that's where we miss, you know, the the relational connections where where this falls apart. Yeah. and right. I th I think that tying this back to taking it out of the realm of, you know, politics and these extremes and bringing it into something like like you said with with a marriage that same tendency that same yes. ability yes. of humans to be like you know what no. The reason some fights are so outrageous is because we just can't, like, <laughs> I would never do that. Right. And you say that about the silliest things. Oh, I yeah. would never do oh, that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, because you've, <laughs> you, 
have taken that self-righteous position, um, something that should have been easily dealt with is now something right. that's long-lasting right. and causes problem in the relationship. And when we view um, other people as that separate from us and it's not shared together, and right. I would never like that. It does. You can take it from these big things we're talking about, and you can bring it right down into a marriage, into a, a sibling relationship, anything. If you discipline your children with a heart that says, how could you do that? Right. You know, that's that self-righteous, that uh, sense of, you know, well, there's going to be justice because <laughs> right. you, you know. No, no. It, it's, I know how you can do that. Mm-hmm. I know. And, and discipline, you know, a, a parent's discipline of a child is to train them is to run that out of their hearts, is to, to, to free them, you know, from those things, not to, you know, punish something that's being done. Punishment in discipline and parenting is important, but the most important thing is what, what's happening in that child's heart. And so you, you approach it from the standpoint of how could you do that, and the child's dealing with shame and dealing with... Right. When, you deal it, when you deal with it as a fellow sinner, even as a parent... You're helping that child learn and walk in a way that's right, you know, because it's, you know, Christ-like, not because, you know, you're trying to, you know, prove something parentally. Right. And we could, (laughs) we could uh, then take this and whether it's parenting, whether it's marriage, whatever, apply it to, uh, to just about anything. And I think when you, go back to the main quote from that message nothing human is alien to me that the humility in that and just the the recognition that um everything like thinking about the way that i deal with conflict Mm -hmm. in marriage thinking about the way i deal with parenting thinking the way that about the way that i deal with conflict with you know extended family or friends um Keeping that in mind, keeping that, no, 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 this is, whatever's going on with them is something that I should be able to identify with. Right, right. Is crucial to remaining remaining humble and being able to walk through those things. Right. And I think from like an apply the word perspective from Jake's message, I think that what you did, Jake, in that was um, just provide us a way of remaining humble and dealing, and whether it's a justice issue or just simply a relational uh, conflict or anything like that, there's a way that we can work through this that uh, honors God if we, you know, keep in mind that nothing human is alien to us. And the good thing is that when we do that, that means both we can identify with the sinner and thankfully we have a Savior who right, makes right. that a, a glorious truth to us. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, um, this was obviously an excellent message it will be posted online very soon i promise because i'm taking over the posting of messages because (laughs) we've had some lackadaisical uh situations going on with whoever was supposed to be uh publishing it which i'm not gonna say any jj's names but um no it will be posted online soon and so uh we definitely encourage you to listen to that i appreciate anyone who's listening to this finds it helpful do subscribe you know Give us five out of five stars or don't click any of the stars. Um, And we will be back next week on Apply the Word.